Oh, we're back. We're back. Guten Tag, Lily and Bustle. Uh huh. Um, bonsoir, Jen Ponton. <laughs> Welcome, Fuck Buddies, to all the fucks, your headquarters for the most mortifying. Uh, t- I mean, tales of, uh, of, of butt puckering. <laughs> butt puckering, whoa. And that's either like, whoa, or whoa. Yes, both of them. Yes, excellent use of Joey Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) For when your heart is squishy like a sodden mothball. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Promo code mothballs. (laughs) I would love that if we were randomly sponsored by... Like, I don't know, like a rug hooking company or a grow your own moss wall kind of situation. I'll be real. Anchor keeps being like, do you want commercials? Do you want us to find sponsors for you? And I'm like, uh, not yet. But I do have to wonder who they'll match us up with. Just. Oh, <laughs> let's at least see and get some free stuff. Ooh. I like free things. Would it give us free things? Maybe it would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're not Casper mattress level, but like, Man. that's that's what they do. They send you free stuff. And then you got to tell people about it. Yeah, I could maybe yeah. do that. I mean, obviously, we would never promote something that we thought was shitty. Right. <laughs> but also, I don't, I like free things and I like money. Yes, I like <laughs> those things too. I like them plenty. By the way, please report... Mm. The thing that I've been thinking about all year that I know I've told you many times, which is like relaunching my coaching business. Yeah. Getting back to that. Like there's especially a a specific group of people that I used to work with whom I've been thinking about legit all year. And and I finally, it's an Aries new moon today. I finally was like, Mm. you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and send the email. Like... I didn't send it earlier in the year because it didn't feel right and I didn't feel clear enough, but it definitely feels right. I keep literally dreaming about it. Oh, and so I was like, yay. fuck it. And I sent out a big email today to, to that group of people that's basically just like taking the temperature and being like, sure. hey, it's been a really hard year. You're probably feeling it. Um, I think we should explore what it looks like to be in a support group together again. Yay. I love it. Nothing? Cool. Yeah. Praise report. Praise received. Thank you. Um, um, I feel like I can't not tell them about the worst dick pic. You have to. I feel like, I feel like I have to get off my chest. Please, please. It's so good. I don't know if we've ever. So people who, people who are who are not femme people might not know this. Um, and I think it's important to keep talking about things like this, like street harassment. When we all started being open with our male partners about street harassment and guys were like, oh my God, I had no idea. And we were like, we don't talk about it because it's a bummer. And also we're worried that people won't believe us. And also people will think that we're asking for it. And also, and also, and also, and also. So here is something that if you don't know this, now you knew, um, People with penises send them to women-y people and femme people. Women-y is a all great the time. word. I could totally get women-y. down with women-y people. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it doesn't matter uh, if we ask for them or not. 
Generally not. And they, and they are of varying quality. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know how much it varies. It's almost uniformly <laughs> terrible. <laughs> then oh, there are just varying nice. degrees of terrible. <laughs> oh. And I remember I had a whole conversation with this one guy who I who is a nice guy. He's a musician guy who I, I like and I would assume is a respectful person. And, and I was like, how does this ever work? And I, I was like, why? Why would you ever? And he was like, yeah, it works. What? No. Like, like I'm flirting with someone. I send them a dick pic and then they come over and I'm like, you must either have better photography skills or a better penis than most. But regardless. Regardless, the penis is rarely the issue in the picture for me, <laughs> but rather the background. Um, and I am constantly fascinated because no matter who I am sending a picture to on the planet, even my sister, like whatever it is, if I'm sending like a little selfie or like a fun like, hey, what's up? I look in the background. I I try to find good lighting good angle none of this takes very long because i know all of those things Mm -hmm. and i look and see what's in the background Mm -hmm. like i went so far as to hang up floor-to-ceiling curtains in my (laughs) in my studio room that i'm in right now because i don't want people to see my mess (laughs) (laughs) and i'm rarely zooming with people who i think would be that judgy however in this picture first of all sitting on a toilet i don't want to see a toilet never never I didn't want to. I didn't want to see the penis, but <laughs> so awful. Um, sitting on a toilet had like a, a a some sort of a string bracelet around his wrist, like so a surfery kind of. It's a friendship bracelet. He's a friendship bracelet. <laughs> he wanted me to know that he had friends. That is the only uh, thing in this dude's corner for fucking real. Uh, only thing he's got going for him (laughs) oh god um (laughs) and uh and then you could see that his pants were around his ankles which is good that makes sense if you're sitting on a toilet i'm i'm guessing that you have pulled your pants down if not that might be a whole host of other issues in his in his trough where his underwear and pants are like puddled around his ankles, you can see his his mask. He's obviously gone somewhere into a public restroom and had to show me his penis, pulled his pants down and then was like, what do I do with this mask? Oh, let me put it in my underwear. Now, granted, with the face side still facing up. The face side didn't then go into his underwear, but it doesn't matter. And that I'm still getting over this distress it's from this so upsetting. Picture. And now, which is not to say, like, if someone sends me a dick pic, even unsolicited, I'm absolutely going to look at it. I mean, then I'm probably going to block them or tell them off. But, like, <laughs> I'm not going to not look at it. Yes. Because... Then we miss out on beautiful moments. Right. That you immediately have to text me. And Lillian lovingly cropped out the phallus at hand. Thank God. But I saw the whole Mm -hmm. rest of that mess. And it's just. Oh. It's just terrible. Just why? Why? Just why? 
why I get so I, the, the amount of relief that I feel when like some errant creepy message shows up on some platform where like it has to go through seven filters already to for the app mm-hmm. to even be like hey so and so would like to get in touch with you and then it blurs it out and I'm like oh yeah. no and it you know has a long fucking cylindrical rod like shape and I'm like oh no and then Sometimes I'll hold my breath and I'll unblur it. And then it's like a fucking rose. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's almost worse well, to me than a dick pic, though. Well, Those sparkly is. rose yes, gifts exactly. are very upsetting to me. They are. They are upsetting. And they definitely come from they come from a t- particular type of man who just immediately wants to propose marriage to you immediately. Um, but uh, I, I, I can't say I prefer it to a dick, but I prefer it to a dick. <laughs> no, I'm pretty I, sure I can I mean, definitively say that I absolutely pre- fucking prefer it to a dick without question. Ew. Yeah. Ew. So you wanted to give an 11 honorary update, and I just wanted to give a quick update too because some shit is going down here in Jersey City that's upsetting. Oh, is it? Oh. Um. So that. there is a, a place, um, on New York Avenue that is right near. Mm. The Grove Street Pass Station. And Is it the Red Ribbon Bakery? Because I love them. No, no, no. That's near Journal Square. Yes, it is. It's um, so good. I miss them. Oh, I have never I have never been, but everything about it looks good. Wait, Red Ribbon? I don't know if they're specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're specifically Filipino, but I yes. know that they do have Filipino pastries there. Yes. And they're so good. Yeah, I like those different flavors and things. Mmm, nom nom. Mm. Um, yes, that's definitely closer to Journal Square. There's a bunch of really good Filipino food over there. Sorry. Something is happening near Grove Street. Oh, yeah. No problem. So uh, this place was built, um, I guess maybe, I think maybe it opened three years ago-ish. And I remember when they were like, so the front, so okay, hear me out. So it's this guy who ran this restaurant in Hoboken. <laughs> And he Uh and his brother are going to build this great big sports bar that's going to look out onto Newark Avenue. But, but, hear me out, in the back and down in the basement, there will be a gay bar. Uh Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, it feels a little tacky to me to be like, here's this giant club with a storefront for the straight people and then... Around the back is a secret gay club that's in the basement. But The nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. But um, I've performed there a number of times. I have spoken with not the owners many times, but the management. And they've sponsored pride things. And they have been, by all accounts, fairly at least a show of support to the gay community. Um, <clears throat> and there was a scuffle when uh, the straight side opened there was a somebody had posted a list of dress code rules. Now, when you when you kind of wade into the world of dress code and what is and is not allowed on people in a restaurant, it's usually racist. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's at very least classist. Like, oh, it's a classy place. We For want, sure. We want you to wear like a, a sport jacket, which nobody does that anywhere anymore. Um. Don and I have gone out to very, very expensive restaurants in New York City. And, like, the the more expensive it is, the less people dress up to go. 
like people are like rock stars and like shredded jeans and like barely flip flops and stuff like that. You know, you've seen you've seen Soho. You've been to Soho before. (laughs) Right. Um, It's a blazer and fucking Birkenstocks. Right. Nobody actually gets dressed up for anything except for weddings anymore. I feel I mean, I love dressing up. I like a ball anyway. But it's it's a dinner at a sports bar. Um, and so someone posted this thing where it was like, no sweatpants, no jeans, no oversized baggy shirts, no, 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 no pants no, no, without no, no. belts, Mm-mm. no work boots, quotey fingers, i.e. Oh, Tim- no. Timberlands. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. But then like no sneakers, no, no hats at all. Not even backwards hats, which another, there's another place in this, in Jersey City that like turns people away for hats anyway um what the fuck and then the owner was like oh um this is all a big misunderstanding i did not tell anyone to post that this is the first i've seen of this dress code and then it disappeared but it was posted um before the, the place even opened for like a week so then the dress code disappeared and i've never been in the front of this place because any place that's so it's it's a it's aggressively heterosexual in there, like so aggressively hetero environment, deeply inherently racist and classist, and then they're like, gays go back here. Uh huh. <laughs> cool. All right, I'm I'm on the same page. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, and I've I've performed there many times, and there were wonderful drag shows in that in that gay bar, and I have a lot of good things to say about the community that it fostered and the way in which. The people who were apparently simultaneously being openly racist were pretending to validate and uplift and give money to the gay community. Um, and there is a huge problem, especially with white gay men uh, addressing intersectionality and the yeah. fact that, like, we need to be fighting for everybody, not just for your particular brand of oppression. Um, but <sighs> this throws this this. Uh, someone posted and it went viral. Um, there was uh, a group of black folks who had tried to get into this restaurant and oh, no. <clears throat> they were told that they couldn't because they were wearing sweatpants, but they could sit outside because, you know, there's a lot of outdoor dining right now. And it should, I'm no, different fight. Sorry. Go uh, <laughs> right. So <Just> kidding. <laughs> then after like an hour, this table I'm assuming saw a number of other people waved right inside. But the video is very damning because it's like four white kids. And each one after the other has more of the dress code things you're not supposed to have. Sweatpants, for one. Um, But like backwards hat, um, sweat shorts, sneakers, like uh, all of this stuff. And they were like, oh, yeah. Gross. I mean, that's a whole we can have a whole other story about that. But um, uh, yeah, so they posted this obvious um, selective enforcement of what was already a racist and secret, apparently dress code. Yes, and right. it's, and people are people are coming forward with other stories about this, including someone who recently applied to work at the straight side. Come on, and they Jesus told her. Christ. Um, you know, a lot of times we put, we share staff with the other bar, but if that makes you feel uncomfortable, 
you don't have to work at the gay one. This was before she had said what anything the fuck about does anything. That mean? This was well, that means that obviously people in the past have been like, oh, my poor penis, I can't work at the gay bar. But to preemptively tell somebody who was excited about applying for a job to be like, well, honey, you don't, in case that makes you uncomfortable. To a a woman, Mm. which means they're definitely saying it to all the men that they are hiring. Right. 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 For sure. Ugh. Anyway. Ew. What the fuck is happening? What's wrong with people? Mm. So, um... You it know, all started I don't know. with I mean, a I dick pic. Like, I feel like I was hesitant about saying the, the name of the place, but if you Google, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I don't want to work there anymore. I don't want to go there anymore. I feel bad because because it was one of the places that did a lot of stuff for Pride. That's going to be a resource that's if if Jersey City Pride chooses not to do business with them, that is going to be hard to make up for the support that they did. But I, who wants who wants that? Like you're not. You can find money elsewhere. Anyway. <sighs> Six a thousand six, percent. Six two six was the was the gay bar, um, and again, very sad. They even named reasons. it six two six. Like that is that is the purest example of two faced taking advantage of it for all the money you can accrue while being a bigoted fuck. Yeah. Do you get the reference? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't originally, but June twenty sixth is when. Um, uh, uh, marriage equality was passed. Yes. Yeah. I know because it's the day before my birthday. Oh, if it were not the day before my birthday, I probably would not so readily know that. But right. We right. Use our, we use what we have. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, there's a, a great new bar. So Pint is already, um, they don't claim them. They claim themselves more of a craft beer bar, but it's gay owned and gay friendly. It's a gay bar. Um, and then Headroom in Jersey City is the new, new Pint officially. Pint is very sweet. Pint is very sweet, but it's also very small. Um, and 626 yeah. had the benefit where it was huge. Uh, and you could do shows there. Um, but Headroom, Headroom is where it looks like we are probably going to be performing burlesque. They've already got drag things happening there. Um, it's gay owned, gay operated. Um, a lot of the people on staff are drag queens. Like, it's super welcoming. They have a diverse, um, staff. Uh, one of the owners is, uh, Latino. Like, it's great. Um, and RIP, that dumb fucking place. So, (laughs) burn it down. I'm just... Burn it the fuck down. We have no time for your fucking dipping your toe into activism. No, and it and was such if a you'd blatant, even call it that, it's no. yeah, it's pandering yeah, no. and gross. Anyway, yes, 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 super gross, super S- awful. So last uh, week we were talking that. about a, a super gross, super awful thing that involved Lena Dunham and a plus size um, uh, fashion company. I promised I wouldn't yell about Lena Dunham anymore, but I can't make that promise, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> Because what has happened has been the the last week, Eleven Honoré has continued to promote um, th- uh, this collaboration with her, and they have completely not erased because they're leaving them up, but they have completely ignored and thrown, you know, just thrown into the abyss. 
endless comments from all of the notable, um, from all the notable like plus size influencers and people of note, and then like just no. endless from the community and from customers. There's not a single, not even a single like whitewashed, half-assed. You know, well, we're all in this together kind of thing. Uh Nobody's doing shit. Nobody is fielding any of this legitimate criticism and, like, what the fuck were you thinking? And they certainly haven't redacted it and just been like, do-do-do-do-do, moving on. Like, nothing has happened. They continue to promote this and completely ignore the endless calls for accountability. Yep. It's bananas. It's bananas to to the point where there were brands who did this last June when we were asking for more racial accountability right. in terms of like that. pull up or shut up mm-hmm. and showing that that like black influencers and models were being hired at equal rates and being paid equally and um, collaborations were getting uh, a perfect example of pull up or shut up is like Lena Dunham getting a fucking collaboration deal versus all of the notable plus size black women who have been paving the way mm-hmm. and who've been creating collabs with other brands. Yeah, because she has... other brands have fucking gotten on the horse. Right. I'm moving my arms so much right now. I feel like a Kathy cartoon. <laughs> that's chocolate, so... chocolate, chocolate. That's, so... that's so funny. <laughs> Mondays! Mondays! <laughs> Give me that mug! Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just a stupid, stupid shame. Um, it is. It's awful. I don't know what the fuck... I don't know what's going to happen to them. Like, uh, uh, I don't know if you said on or off the recording, but Lillian was like, nothing's going to happen. But I don't know how much that is the case with a brand like Eleven Honoré, who, because they're luxury, they... People, it's not like Walmart or even Eloquent. Or Old Navy, right. Or Old Navy, which is just a price point that people need. You know, it's just like, well, I don't really. Nobody actually needs a $5,000 caftan. Yeah. Exactly. So I have to wonder if Eleven Honoré can indeed survive a misstep like this because who's going to want to give them thousands of dollars for being assholes as opposed to, well, well and you, who- might, you might be assholes, but my shirt, my, my whole order is 40% off. So, like, I got to right. pick my battle. Yep, 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 yep. The same reason why I kept buying bras from Lane Bryant. Yeah, exactly. Where you're like, I guess this is the thing I need, but you don't necessarily yes. need all those sequins in your life. Um, right. Or at also least if you who, do, also, buy them from a black designer. Right. And who is going to be the person, the face of their apology tour, right? <laughs> like if they did, if they were like, oh, I'm sorry, we actually did find a a, a person of color to work with. And mm-hmm. here is their line. Who is that person? Not, I mean, again, no, no shame in the game. Like anyone, anyone who's marginalized, who has to overlook a couple of things to wind up with an opportunity. Everybody does shit for different reasons. I'm just saying like, it's going to be a lot harder than if they had just started out in good faith and tried to find Absolutely. Right. people. Yeah. Right. 
Yes, because I've seen brands um, come try attempt to and successfully come back from pull up or shut up and the the great racial reckoning from last June. Um, there are brands that I've still abstained from because I just feel like they're like it's too little, too late. Um, yeah, I haven't bought anything from Eloquy in years. I. And but I, but no, I'm not buying from I really them on Eloquy. purpose. <laughs> yes, right, right, right. Now, Eloquy, as far as I've seen, has been doing a lot more of um, of amplifying the visible the visibility of their black customer base. They've been choosing black female collaborators, and they've right. been. But again, I have to wonder how much of that shows up in dollars and cents. Of course. Of course. And when things like the shit is coming home to roost and I don't understand why people aren't getting it. Um, like everything mm. with the um uh the Bon Appetit scandal. Did you hear about that? Where they weren't paying their no. black contributors as much or at all? Fuck. Yeah, oh, I the do magazine. Remember that. It's just yep. uh, pretty far back yeah. in the brain. There yeah. was a ma- there's I don't know her name, but there was a, a major contributor in Jersey City who when she found out that she was getting fucked I'm 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 pretty sure that she was very graceful about it but other people were very loud about it on her behalf but um yeah not that you can't be loud and graceful at the same time and not that there's anything ungraceful about being loud but you know what I mean Yeah yeah of course yes I do Uh cool okay rant cast Uh rant cast um uh, what the fuck 11 honore I'm curious to see how this is all going to play out i mean uh but yeah i'm you know what fuck that i i we do need we need that luxury presence and i'm also glad that we have it on a on a smaller level with indie brands like sure uh like tamara malas mm-hmm. whose pieces are hundreds of dollars so they're not like they're not like designer money investment but they're definitely like fucking hoi polloi investment for right, sure, sure. yeah um i just like we do need that luxury presence there. And it was Eleven Honoré's job. And how fucking dare you, Eleven Honoré? Um, I, I just, I don't know what the recovery looks like, if at all. But what I am hopeful of is that it will not go. If there is no about face, if there is no accountability, I hope that it goes socially punished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to that, uh, my friend um, Gerald and I were, uh, he, he was the one who sent me the information about the Ashford. And I was like, well, duh, of course. Like, we just had a friend who stopped working there and another friend who was, like, unceremoniously let go. Um, is the, wait, is the Ashford the straight version yes. of the 626? Yes, Got yes. it. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's Hoboken. It's, it's bro town. It Mm. is. And it, when you walk in, I've only been in there twice because it just freaks me out. There are so many, um, screens. There's so many TV screens and so many things happening. And it's so loud in there that even if I thought it was a fun place to hang out and I didn't think that the owners were racist, I can't be in there because my ADD is off the fucking charts. Like, I'm like, what's going on over here? (laughs) Um, but, Let's make a puzzle. Uh, but, but um, I tried to show Don uh, the Instagram where people were dragging them on one of the Ashford's posts about like brunch, clink. Um, Ugh. And uh, I do miss brunch, not there, but I miss brunch I in miss, general. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, wait, there were 250 comments on here a minute ago. This says 80. And I refreshed it and it said 60. 
And I was like, oh, Gerald, they're deleting comments. And he was like, no, I still oh, see 260. No, and I was like, no. that's your cached. You're looking at what's cached. Like, refresh it. And when he refreshed it, it went straight to no comments, comments closed. But people went to Twitter and there's like all kinds of screen caps. And if you are bored and you want to oh, go to, to the Ashford Yelp and. Um, <laughs> oh, and drag the fuck the out of them. Well, no, no, just I mean, you can if you want, but just read what's there. Like people have already done the work. Um, the Google <laughs> Plus, the Google Plus reviews are oh, chef's kiss. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, oh my schadenfreude likes that. <laughs> A lot. Uh, so do you still <laughs> want to talk about medical stuff today? I could, health, yes. Health things? Yeah, I could be done yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. She yeah, says, I could definitely Who needs a segue? <laughs> <laughs> what segue? What um, segue? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I mean, um, it's because I was thinking about jobs, honestly, because uh, Lillian, uh, one of her recommendations recently was our beloved Chris Gethard's oh one more discussion point our beloved Chris Gethard's New Jersey is the world creation which is kind of a podcast but is mostly a patreon um where more podcast lives yeah it's Uh, kind of like a a podcast network with a paywall which actually I think is a great um model I think we're yeah. all very used to getting all this content for free, and, and I don't think it should be like that forever. Mm. I'm not saying Thoughts. everything needs to cost $5, but, like, you know, a dollar yeah. here or yeah, there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I admire what they're working towards, and I think that it's an interesting concept. Yes. Um, so Chris Gethard has been working on uh, New Jersey is the World, which – um, it's, it's public free access, uh, comes out in Wotown, his podcast specifically with friends that he grew up with from West Orange and, um, Lillian recommended the bin, an episode about the Essex County Sanatorium, which is the shit I used to drive. I was thinking about jobs because I used to drive past that place every day to go to Gymboree. Oh snap! Okay, and right, and it was demolished in like 2018. Mm. But I would pass through, and I had never seen it before, and be like, "What the fuck is this place? I have to go inside." <laughs> <laughs> Let me in there. <laughs> there are tunnels. You just did a fist pump, like at the end of the Breakfast Club. I did. I did. Yes, it's my happy place. I swear to God. <laughs> I've been trying to explain trespassing to a friend from who's not from here. And they've been like, I don't get it. Why do you like trespassing so much? And and now that they see more of New Jersey, they're like, oh, you do this because it's the only thing you can do. Like, yes! yes! It's the only way to have fun. And also, and oh, 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 and in driving through areas, they've been like, so, like, every fourth building is abandoned where you live. And I'm like, right. yeah. <laughs> that's really, that's the fucking, that's the clincher. And I, uh, to a point, to the point where I don't even really understand it. I don't know why that's the way it is. But no, it's bonkers. It and the fact true. that we still have so many people who are housing insecure and so many buildings just, like, fucking empty. Anyway, 
Yes, yes, exactly. But yeah, urban Um, exploration is what it's called. It's a thing. Urbex. But it's been, but long before it was Urbex, it was just living in Warren County. So, <laughs> but it's so true. And like in being at home, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. This is why I did it all the time because every other building was abandoned and no one else is around, let alone cops. Oh yeah. So, and it's free. <laughs> and free. Free away free. from parents. Yes. And possibly dangerous. What else possibly could you want? Possibly dangerous. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what was I talking about? The bin. I was talking about the bin. I used to drive past the bin every single day. And because I would only be there, A, alone, and B, when I had to get to work or when it was nighttime and I was coming home from work, I never ended up going. Uh-huh. Also, because it's North Jersey, there are more cops. And I was like, eh. Right. I don't know if as a 22-year-old in a fucking Jimbery uniform, <laughs> I want to be going around. And because it's North Jersey, there are more people. Right. So I could be relatively certain that if I went exploring in Warren County, that I'd be the only motherfucker in there. But right. I do not feel that way about the bin. Mm. I'm certain that's not the case at the bin. Right. Anyway, it was so good. It was so good. And then... Uh, and then they did an episode about jobs and the way that, and I'm so glad that Geth did because the way that he prefaced it was like, there's something to an illegitimate hustle in Jersey. Like it's just kind of, it's. Yeah. He says everybody has a, has a side thing. Everybody's got a hustle. Yeah. Yes, and it's always a little bit backwards, and it's always a little bit off the books and under the table and not okay (laughs) in some way. But it's like the culture of the place, whether it comes from our mob roots or whatever. But um, this whole episode is just about, like, legitimate and illegitimate and really fucking weird jobs that these three dudes have had. It's so funny. It's so great. It's so great. And what one really reminded me that you needed to hear. Oh, they talked about rock and rye. They talked about rock and rye. Yes. And I was like, that's the stuff that Lillian drinks. Yeah. And how it's apparently just a Jersey thing. Yeah, well, it's um, the brand was named after a concept. So, like, if you go into the city, I've only ever seen this on Pride and other parade things, people sell something called Nutcrackers, and what they are are uh, juice juice bottles made with like Kool Aid or something else like that with liquor. Like they're Fun. people who are selling little mixed drinks out of like a cooler. So the concept of Rock and Rye came first, and then the brand Rock and Rye, which is the actual like sugary booze that I like, came out of that yes. idea. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The second they started talking about it and how it was like their version of Thunderbird, I was like, oh, yeah. but this is the fancy stuff that Lillian drinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, branding is everything, well. isn't it? <laughs> I just picture like your fucking pinky up and I'm like, great. Yes. Orson Welles could do this commercial. <laughs> Sam Dunk. <laughs> oh my God. Do I need to dress up as Orson Welles and recreate those ads where he's drunk? <laughs> the French <gasps> Or I should maybe do it with my friend TZ Roosevelt. Muscle. Oh yeah. Wait, you actually know some <laughs> of the lines? Oh, I used to watch those videos ad nauseum. They were so fucking funny. Like, I would watch them until I coughed so hard that I tasted blood. And then I was like, great, 
I'm done for another week. Oh, oh my God. That is the definition of ad nauseum. Yes, legit. Uh, so fuck buddies. Orson Welles used to do, much like, as you may have seen in Schitt's Creek, Moira doing uh, herb, herbs, vineyard, the, the fruit herb, wine, herb, herb Ertlinger. Herb Ertlinger's fruit wines, and she gets just like <laughs> they're so drunk. They are so as they go fruity. <laughs> they're it's so good. That episode's fucking brilliant. Oh. Uh, Orson Welles was hired by Paul Masson to do champagne commercials, and he was supposed to sit there in like a fucking wingback chair and talk about this French champagne by Paul Masson. He just got tanked to the cosmos and back and it they're just so they have the outtakes of these commercials from I don't know the 70s maybe and he's so entertaining he's so far gone he's just slurring but it's Orson Welles so it's great oh yeah and his face the way he's looking straight into the camera Oh He's got God. that thousand yard stare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are parts where he like kind of like like roars into a line like he forgets the cameras on him and then he's like, Whoa, the French yeah. champagne. It's a delight. Um uh apparently veteran <laughs> British commercial producer Peter Schillingford uh reached out to Wellsnet, whatever the fuck that is, um dot com to say that Wells was not Oh, an Orson Welles. <laughs> Let me learn things in real time with you. I'm guessing yes. Wellsnet is a, is a website that's dedicated to Orson Welles stuff. That feels um, like a decent <laughs> uh, To say that Welles was not drunk during the shoot. Rather, he was feeling the effects of a sleeping pill taken after an all-night shoot. <laughs> I don't know. Um, whatever. That, that doesn't feel any better. No. <laughs> no. I'm completely scrambled. What do you suggest? Uh, Schillingford arranged for Wells to nap in one of the mansion bedrooms for a few hours in hope of salvage, salvaging the shoot. Oh my god. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, Which part doesn't matter? Whether he was drunk or not drunk, it's still hilarious. concur. Concur. Uh, my recommendation today is that you find that on YouTube and that you watch it many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. So great. Why did I bring that up? Rock and Rye? No. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Mm, I guess I brought it up. Anyway, what I meant to get to here was jobs because that's... <laughs> wow. What I meant to get here today <laughs> was jobs. However, I also want to just, just, just very briefly, just for a moment, because I love Chris Gethard. I think he is a, a brilliant human being. I feel like he does a lot of good with what... Uh, with his station in life. I feel like he does a lot of good with the privilege that he does have as a cis hetero white dude. All of that said, uh, leaning into Wotown and just listening to it, if I put myself on autopilot, it feels like home. It feels like these three white guys from Jersey and they all kind of like shit talk each other and they all kind of like they have the same fucking accents and I'm like, oh, this is home. This is so easy. And it is very pleasant to listen to. But it took me, like, three episodes to get off autopilot and to go, oh, my God, this is still such a pri the same privileged, dude-centric slice of a culture that belongs to all of us. Mm -hmm. 
and it sucks. And, like, I totally understand what Chris is doing. He's hanging out with his friends from home. So, like, there is – and it's West Orange, a certain area, like, white, blue-collar area of West Orange is very white. It is just these dudes. But I'm also – it also had me, first of all, make me want to be like, oh, my God, it's so important that you and I have made fucking Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's so important because girls do this shit, too. <laughs> yes. Exactly. A. And B, obviously, all stripes of people, all genders and colors who live here, who have, who feel this way about Jersey, who have a very Jersey experience. And yet, the thing that feels like home is, as ever, much like we've talked about, like, I deeply identifying with, like, fucking sad boy uh, John Hughesian experiences and being like, I should be a dude because I should live this life experience. Right. And it's not really that. It's really I should just have agency because I'm a motherfucking human being. I'm rambling a lot now. I no, I get it. steer me. No, I get it. I get it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it's um, my friend calls it uh, – and, and again – Love Chris Gethard and and has brought like his um his podcast where he has people call in anonymously. Yeah, one of my favorite things. Yeah, um, and it's there's no malice in it, but this is solidly Mm. couple white guys talking about stuff. Yes, right, (laughs) and And it's hilarious. Ring of people is white. It is a small. I can't say that they're all white. I haven't looked. I don't know. I'm pretty have certain done they're no all twenty three and me's on all these people. But that is what that is the mm, mm. the vibe that you get. I see what um, you mean. Yes. Also, uh, and I did <laughs> I did a tiny little Google and yes, rock and rye um uh, is a liqueur. So yeah, I'm sure yes. it is very much like Thunderbird, which is disgusting. Um there's also a LaRue, there's a brand called Mr. Katz's. Um, it's a yes. base of rye whiskey with intense fruit. fruit. That's, that's how it's that's how it's described: an intense fruit flavor and citrus overtone. Because <laughs> when I'm describing the, the flavor, can you imagine? They just like open the bottle and like sprayed some fucking end dust in there, swish it around. There you go. That's your overtone. Yes, that is what I imagine the Larue. Uh, version of this also sold as a cordial, um, but but yeah. Sure. Uh, so the low yes. version of this is definitely a whiskey that's in in fruit in fruits did infused. infused. It's infused. That's come on. That's oh, a yikes. that's a that's a great word. It is a great word. Infused. I feel like they've used that on fucking Arbor Mist, most likely. <laughs> Nectarine infused. Arbor Nectarine mist. Nectarine infused. God. <laughs> Drink this wine with ice. <sighs> Would you like a shooter of Mad Dog 2020? Oh. A floater. <laughs> Man, we went off the fucking grid. Anyway, their jobs episode reminded me of our jobs episodes, which brought me... <laughs> Oh, so labyrinthine. Um, uh, which brought me to the memory of when I worked for Jimbury because I was thinking about Jimbury a ton. I was thinking about the bin and how, man, I wish I had actually gone to the bin, which I never did. Um, but uh, 
it all it all comes to a head because uh, listening to Wotown, listening to this episode of the bin and thinking about Jimbery and how I should have gone to the bin, but I never went to the bin and thinking about their jobs episode and like, oh, all my crazy fucking jobs, which we've talked of mm-hmm. recently because of April Fool's Day and talking about like all the scams we've been involved in. Um, but then it, it just it sent me down this memory lane of what happened before my Jimbery health insurance kicked in. And it was the first time that I was a person without health insurance because uh-huh. I was off of my parents' plan and I was floundering. Yeah. And I don't I think I was on a, a probation period. So I think there were three months that I did not have health insurance. Yeah. And I sought out a doctor who actively didn't take insurance. And I'm going to tell anyone who's uninsured, please never seek out a doctor who specifically doesn't take insurance. That seems Instead, like an unaccredited college. Like, what, what, I, yes, did, right, you, did you not right. realize that you could just see a normal doctor? I did not. Oh, exactly. fuck. That's, right, oh, right, right. Baby. So I was 22 and I was like, I don't have insurance, which means I can't see someone. And I'll be honest, Aww. this is... This uh, approach is maddening because pharmacies will do the same thing and pharmacies will call you and be like, your insurance has lapsed. We can't give you these drugs. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't? And they're like, well, you don't have your insurance anymore. I'm like, so I can't pay you more money? That's and they're dumb. like, no, no, you can pay for them. And I'm like, don't ever Don't say you can't someone. have this. Like, that's so irresponsible. That's terrible. Wow, it's that's terrible. Bullshit. And every time they tell me that, I fucking panic. And it's because I don't know, I didn't pay my premium on time, whatever. Right. And then I pay it over the phone, and then it's all fine. Right. But right. For that's fucking real. That's what you jump to. Yeah. Yeah. No. Very harmful. So, but that same idea was why I thought, oh, well, I can't see a doctor. And I had because it was Jimbury, I was constantly ill, and I had a cough that had devolved into bronchitis. Eh. Like uh-huh. I was just, I was in bad, bad place. And I, and I was trying to not go to the doctor until the point where I couldn't not go to the doctor. Right. And then I googled doctors who don't take insurance, oh, and babe. I found this fucking. I found a quack. Oh, God. I found a quack in somewhere on one and nine. Somewhere <laughs> on one and nine. Yep. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it was somewhere between Ridgefield and Sea Caucus. Sure. It was just in the fucking hinterlands mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And he worked. He uh, he was not from America. I don't know where he was from. But he kind of looked like a like a Mr. Burns cartoon villain. <laughs> right? So he was like long and slender and had like uh, and had like alarming facial features <laughs> and was a little hunched and uh, definitely felt like someone I did not want to be alone with no. at all. But his office was in his house. Mm. I just, like, went to his fucking house, and the internet was like, this is a doctor who doesn't take insurance. I'm like, great. And then I got there, and it might have only been him. I might have, like, not. I was 22. Deeply foolish. And and he was like, welcome to my house. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) It's good that you don't take insurance, because I don't have any. And I don't even know what he charged me, whatever it was. It was awful. He... He was like, "What? Why are you here?" And I'm like, "Because I my my cough is really bad and it's getting worse." And you know, he asked me some questions, and 
ah, uh, I had friends who were getting married. It was like my first friend marriage. And I was super excited to be at their wedding. And the wedding was, I don't know, going to be within like 10 days or something. And mm. I was like, I just, I wanted to get this taken care of so I can go to their wedding. And he's like, well, you should not leave your house for at least two weeks. And I was like, but my friends are getting married. And he was like, it's your funeral. You could leave the house if you want, but I wouldn't if I were you. Wait, because you might die or you might get someone else sick? Definitely leaning towards I might die. It was absolutely not about being communicable at all. Because it was bronchitis. Bronchitis is just like your body being like, fuck this cough. Yeah. It's it's the itis of the bronch. It is. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So he was like, "Mm, it's up to you. And all of the advice that he gave me was very much like, like old Roma grandmother, like drink this red wine while holding a dead chicken over your head. And like, was there Windex involved? Yeah, basically, yes. And he was like, don't open any windows. Keep your house very hot. La, 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 la. And I was like, none of this sounds sanctioned. Like, wow. I'm all for, I am all for boobamizes. I'm all for, like, boobies remedies. I'm sure. all for uh, more holistic approaches. But this was my first real exposure to it. Uh-huh. And this guy was just, like, everything about him felt so shady. Ugh. Well, if you're going to leave your house, it's only to milk a goat. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then drink that milk at the full moon. But only if it's infused with bergamot oil. Oh, ew. <laughs> bergamot milk. And Taylor ham. <laughs> and, ooh, all right. I could get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> like an um, orange glaze. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. A reduction. Um. <laughs> Mm. Um. Anyway, I did stay home for two weeks, and I did miss my friend's wedding, oh. which was the I didn't see James, Michael, and Ellen get married. Oh they've been God. my friends for like sixteen years. That makes me and sad. they've now been married for thirteen years or so. Oh my God! No, more fifteen years. Wow. I'm married fifteen years this year. Yeah. Cute. So. Um, yeah, I missed their wedding. I stayed inside. It was so long ago that I had Netflix DVD deliveries. <gasps> that was a moment, yes. There was no streaming. Yeah. It was just me watching movies at home and, like, waiting for my fucking bronchitis to go away. And uh. I guess it eventually did. I don't remember. Anyway, had me remembering this really fucking weird doctor. Okay, that's what Yeah, no. Well, so then Jen and I were like, have you, what weird shit have you done in the name of health? Or like, what weird yes. doctor experiences have you had? And I had, I mean, my very worst one, um, I and I feel sure I've talked about this, but um, it, it's again, uh, but also you were thinking about how you had like a good and empowering doctor's visit today. And, and that was not something that I thought I could have in my 20s. Like I didn't grow up with health insurance. So I was on the other end of the spectrum. So when I finally got it, I wasn't hesitant to use it. But I definitely wasn't going to the doctor as much as I should have been. 
um, which is probably how I wound up. Uh, it's not how I got whooping cough. I got whooping cough because of what we're now calling the vaccine hesitant. Have you heard this bullshit? Listen, it's fine. I, I fully understand right now in this moment why you might not want to get a COVID vaccine. I understand that for a million reasons. But people who are against vaccines in general, let's not call that vaccine hesitant. Why are we giving these people's feelings um, any fucking moment anyway oh so angry um i got uh i got whooping cough and it took me a really long time to figure out that it was whooping cough why because it was fucking eradicated for a really long time but i was one of like a thousand people who got whooping cough that year and since then the cases have grown exponentially because of the vaccine hesitant but my name is in the cdc I had to do, I um, went through a whole bunch of stuff to try to figure out what it was. Um, and finally, I was like, oh, hey, I was doing the thing you're not supposed to do, which is like looking at on WebMD and on YouTube. If your kid has whooping cough, you're supposed to like film them coughing because the whoop is this like <gasps> where you can't catch your breath. Like you're coughing, coughing, coughing. And then normally you go <gasps> and then you keep coughing. The whoop, it means you can't pull your breath in. Oh, yes. And then you cough so hard that you can almost puke. So. Uh, no. Um, no. And or. Hard pass. Wet your pants or whatever. It's also called the 90-day cough because it lasts about three fucking months. Ew. Yeah. Um, and, by the way, I was, like, smoking slash trying to quit smoking slash vaping during this time period, too. And that was, that's, it's hard at the best of times, but, like. When I felt like everybody was staring at me, like I was literally eating cancer when I was outside smoking and then I would have this cough. Um, But there's nothing that you can do to help it. There's nothing like like bronchial anti-inflammatories, I think, are the only things that help. Uh, But that's I.e. like an inhaler. I think, yeah, I think I had a nebulizer, but it was just at the tail end of it because I had been sick for so long. However, when I was a kid, I was sick for months all the time. It's just how things were. And I didn't stay home from school. Um, I am convinced that I had mono at a certain point. Like I, I, it was so hard for me to get out of bed. It was, it was, um, and you know, but then you're like, oh, it's a teenager. Teenagers sleep all the time. Mm. Uh, (laughs) um, and then they were like, maybe it's her thyroid regardless I was not used to getting um, good medical care and or advocating for my own care. So when I had a gynecologist who would do things like, I don't know, make me cry or when she um, like ordered <laughs> ordered me to get my depo shot before a pregnancy test, which you cannot do, um, or when she was doing my colposcopy and then she went to look for the right size dilator and set the tray of instruments on my tummy and left the curtain open while she left the door open. That was probably my worst experience uh, under the actual oh my care God. of a medical professional. That was obscene. This is not a person horrible. you still see. No, no, no. No, Great. no. But she was the person who the office I was going to when I found out that I had HPV just left me a voicemail. It was like oh, it didn't I didn't know that like guys can just carry it around for a while. 
So yeah. I yeah. was like, without oh. any results, oh. like HPV does not hurt them. Well, yeah, and they don't test for it. There's no test for it in men. Like Which you, is insane. I think you can get a separate one now, but it's not in the host in the in the STI. Um, it's not in that for women either. It's not in like your basic STI screenings. Which is bananagrams. Ah, <sighs> uh, sorry. So we're about to get married, and I got this voicemail that was like, "Moha, you have HPV. You have to come in for a colposcopy. No more further info." <laughs> and so I was like, no. "Oh my god, is my husband cheating? It can lie dormant in men for like oh. fifteen years." And just right, like, they're fucking fine. Nowhere. Um, and uh, uh, and a colposcopy is pretty not terribly invasive, but it's not cute. And no, and mm. uh, I went in, and they were like. Why aren't you undressed? And I was like, I need to have my clothes on so I can have a conversation about this because I don't know what I'm here for. <laughs> and yeah, and ah! then when I finally went ahead and and then she laughed at me. She was like, Oh, we don't have to do this now. And I was like, I thought we I might have cancer. Like, why are we not doing? What is this a big worry or is it not a big worry? Because what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Oh, yeah. honey. But the thing Ugh. when she when she. When she put the tray of instruments down on my tummy, I just laughed and laughed and laughed. And then I was like, what if they fell off? What if they all what fell if they off? What they fucking fell off? Because I was laughing <laughs> so hard at the fucking indignity of what I'm experiencing yes. right now with my feet Ew. in the stirrups. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. oh, it's so awful. Hey. What a cunt. <laughs> what a... Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thousand percent. By the way... Yes. In my... In my... I don't know how much I've talked about it, actually. One of the jobs that I used to do... And I worked for a very legit evil company. Uh, one of the jobs that I used to do, I was a standardized patient, which Lillian knows, but y'all don't necessarily know. Um, and... I worked for them for a very long time, but one of the jobs that I took parallel-wise was working for Rut... No. Rutgers? Rut's it? <laughs> Man, Toby's is going to smoke Rut's Hut every fucking time. <laughs> Putting it out there. <laughs> um... Uh, uh, at Rutgers, in their, specifically in their gynecological training program, and... Honest, and I did it, among other reasons. You you got paid pretty well as a woman who would consent to sure. being prodded. Right. Um, why I did that is fucking beyond me. Would not make that decision now mm. at all. Right. But I made it at one point, so whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But it's to, um, teach, it's to teach a doctor's bedside manner. Yeah, yes, and it was to teach, it was specifically to teach, like, students yeah. who were still in med school. So it seemed, and, and they were, you know, sweet and nervous and wanted to be gentle and wanted to be respectful. So it was all great for them to have someone like me mm -hmm. who would, you know, gently handhold and, like, tell them what was invasive, tell them what was inappropriate, right. all that. Um, and the, the real clincher for me was that they did not have to, do pap smears. And I was like, great. <laughs> Perfect. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want someone practicing and, on you for that. Whoa. Right. But all of the palpation, like, still happens. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't do that for very long. 
It was a great hourly rate, and then I was like, I'm not, no, no. no. Yeah, that's a lot. That's <laughs> Absolutely invasive. not. Yep. Um, but I did that job in order to get myself, um, I developed a really traumatic response to, um, to pelvic exams. Mm. And I didn't start with that. I started at, I don't know, 18 with a f- totally fine gynecological visit. I just found a random office and, but it was legit, and I still had health insurance, so there was that. Sure. Again, this is where the menta- uh, the mentality of I need insurance to see a doctor right. was not helpful. Right. So, of course, there was no, there was no um, healthcare marketplace at that point in time. Right. But um, when... After I was out of college, I think I maybe went to the gynecologist once or twice while I was in college, and it was I was nearly strong armed into it because it was when I had my first pap smear, and I was like, I don't like this, mm. <laughs> I don't want to go back, and they were like, mm, you have to go back. Yeah. So when I graduated and I didn't have health insurance anymore, and I didn't think I could go see a doctor, I was like, oh, this is what Planned Parenthood is for. Sure. I need to preface this and say Planned Parenthood is fucking great. They do amazing, important work. I will never not support Planned Parenthood. I will also say, if you are a mean doctor who works for Planned Parenthood and who is indelicate with people, fuck you. That Fuck you. If you think you're doing your charity job and then you show the fuck up and then you are... A horrible person. So I started going to Planned Parenthood because I was like, oh, great, right, there's this resource. Right. And I wanted to go on birth control. And I, um, and so I went for my first annual knowing that I could do so without any insurance and it would not cost me a million dollars. And I had the most indelicate jostling, Mm. terrible bedside manner uh, exam ever. It was so painful that it left me crying. Baby. And this doctor just fucking left the room. Wow. It was, I wish I were kidding. It was a cold Russian doctor. Wow. (laughs) And I know one of them was an old man, but this did happen twice, and it was a cold Russian woman Mm. the other time. So it, but, like, just people who could not give less of a shit. Right. And if they were treating me like that, I shudder to think how they were treating Uh, less privileged people, more marginalized people. Um, Like, it was so, it was so bad that I could not bring myself to go to to go I never ever went back to Planned Parenthood after those maybe it was all the same time maybe I did go two times and they made me feel like I had to go there especially because they did put me on the pill and they needed me to go for a follow-up okay maybe that was it maybe I did like one annual with them and they needed me to do a follow-up and they were so mean to me about that and like it was it was was a really terrible experience. Um, I, I I really don't know why. And it was in Hackensack, so like mm-hmm. I would think that they would be more understanding and and warmer. 
but it was not. Wow. It was pretty trash. And um, it made me so gun-shy that I would, I would completely need to take, like, full-on mental health days after I had an annual exam oh, God. from there on out. And when I did have insurance again, I called an off uh, I, I called offices and I was like, are you very delicate with your patients? I need you to assign me the doctor who is the most, like, a teddy bear, who is the most understanding, warm, kind, etc. Yeah. Um, and I did finally have a good doctor mm-hmm. who was really gentle with me. And she got me to the point where I did not need someone to come with me to my appointments. Oh, good. Or to have a nurse squeezing my hand while I, like, cried. Mm-hmm. It was... It was horrible, and it could have absolutely been prevented if I hadn't just had the the same nonsense in my head of, like, if you don't have insurance, then you don't get to have access Ugh. to care at all. Sure. No, you do. You just have to pay for it, and it's going to be a lot of money, but right. whatever. <laughs> Credit it's cards. It's totally worth it versus creating a new trauma. <laughs> oh, God. I am, I am so, so sorry. I have only been to Planned Parenthood once, and that was when I was in college, and I had a, the exact opposite experience. Like, diametric opposite experience. And my understanding is that that's what it's like. In fact, it's the and only time. And I was, time, like, excited. Yeah. It's the only time that um, I have had someone warm up a speculum before. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they're like, oh, this is going to be cold, and they warn you, but, like, this thing had, like, a little warmer. And I was like, why doesn't... So nice. Why the shit isn't this standard yeah. fair? My Should first absolutely. regular gynecologist was wonderful. She had little mobiles on the ceiling for you to look at. Like, she was so patient and sweet. She would take the little notes down, and she was like, oh, have you and Don been going out for karaoke lately? Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, she eventually stopped that. taking insurance. But my 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 view of that, I mean, I knew that Planned Parenthood was there, but I don't think that I would have known about any other medical things. And when I started having tooth problems in college, um, I, I certainly didn't know where to turn. And then when I got to New York and I had tooth problems, like one of the obvious places to go is NYU medical or NYU dental, um, school, um, where I think at the time I got, I wound up getting a tooth so far gone that I had to get it pulled, um, for like 50 bucks. Oh, whereas, ordinarily it would be a lot more than that (laughs) but when I did go to NYU school of dentistry to get my poor tooth yanked out um they were like oh hey here are your x-rays you also have these two uh you never you never had wisdom teeth come in and I was like correct and they were like you have two little tiny ones that are up here that never came down and I was like, oh, oh. And, and I said, so, but it's not impacted and they're not affecting, like my teeth are crowded. Is that affecting the crowding? And they're like, no, 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 not at all. Your mouth is fine. You just have these two little ones that are hiding up here. So I'm like, blah, 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 getting ready to leave. This is so long ago that like I probably had a book with me. I didn't have a phone. Um, yeah, of course. And... I, I had that thought as I was leaving the house today for my annual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to bring a book. I was like, should I bring a book? But <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> um, and then suddenly I was surrounded by like 12 students in lab coats and she was showing them my teeth, my little baby 
um, un- undescended testicle teeth. And, and then she was about to pull them without telling me or asking me or having oh. me sign any other consent forms. Uh-oh. And I was like, excuse me, what? I, you just said that everything's fine, that these are affecting my life in no way. And she was like, well, but. So the thing about the NYU School of Dentistry <laughs> Uh-oh. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't go. People, I have a friend who's considering going there now. But if you are a dental student, you do have to check off a certain number of things, just like practicum things. Like you have to, you have to have witnessed a certain number of things before you can fully graduate. And I'm guessing whatever the thing was that they wanted was something that these like 15 oh, students no, they needed. Were just trying to get their last Girl Scout badge. Yeah, and they were like, oh please. <laughs> Please, yes. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, no. Hard thanks. pass. No, thanks. And she was even like, you don't have to pay for it. And I was like, this is not what this is about. Wow. Oh, she's trying to seat me a freebie. Oh, But my yeah, God. then when I recently had my, um, my oral surgery, uh, I mentioned that to, to the periodontist and he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, they're there, but they're fine. Like, you don't have to get those. You don't have to get those pulled. Is that what you're asking about? I was like, no. No, but thank you for confirming that. Please, please stop asking yes. me to pull these teeth. Yeah, we're good. We're, good. we're fine. <laughs> we're good. However, oh, if, you, if you're in the business of doing some, like, um, you know, elective bone grafts, I really loved that. <laughs> Jake. Excellent. <laughs> oh, elective bone graft. No. <laughs> that sounds so now, unpleasant. So now I'm actually fighting my insurance because of the, the thing that I had done. They were like, oh, well, we don't like the scans that your periodontist sent in. Like, they're either too dark or they're not showing enough. And it's uh, absolutely not um, not showing cause for the procedure you had. And I was like, wow, well, this guy, I hope this guy knows how to sort this shit out. Because if you're like, the pictures weren't good enough to pay for the invasive crap that just happened in your mouth, I'm uh, going to lose my mind. Uh, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. One of the things that I love, because I don't specifically have dental insurance right now, um, but one of the things that I love is that the dentist that I use offers a dental plan that's specific. It's it's like a membership. It's oh, a membership to their smart. office. Yeah. Yes. So it's like for 120 to 140 bucks a year, you get your two cleanings along with uh with imaging. Wow. And there might be a certain percentage off if you do need something more intense. Right on. I, I, I can't recall, but, um, but it's, it's great. I love, because dental is like, who the fuck offers dental? I yeah. don't know. It's expensive and I'm it's scary. Honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then sometimes Which... it doesn't, almost doesn't even matter. Like pet insurance where you're like, well, I guess I'm glad I have this, but also. 
<laughs> it would have been super My great if it actually covered anything. My sister-in-law did insist that I get pet insurance. And, and I was like, but why? He's fine. And she's like, because the first time you ever have to get images of him, mm. it will already be worth it'll pay, it. It'll pay and for I was itself. Like, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we have some some low-level plan on her, but I don't mm-hmm. – nobody's going to – I don't know if you can even get insurance on a 16-year-old cat. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, lady, lady, you and I both know. <laughs> on a 16-year-old land bat of questionable origin. <laughs> We're pretty sure she came from hell. I mean – that feels like the most likely scenario. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm trying to think of other just like medical situations. Oh, I, I mean, when I um, when I sprained my ankle in the booby bounce house at the Museum of Sex, uh, <laughs> I wound up with um, a, a guy who was putting together my crutches that they were sending me home with. And he like made them so tall that when I got home and tried to use one to get out of the car, I immediately fell over. Oh my God, no. Cause you like vaulted yourself. Yeah, it was, I was, I was like up and standing and I had one and it was at a very severe angle. And I was like, this doesn't feel quite right. So then I had the other one under my arm and I, I put it at a normal angle. And then it was like, wee, I'm flying and <laughs> falling over. But this, you know, it was a guy who was like six feet tall and he must have been like, surely this is the armpit to floor ratio that will work for this tiny child. It's real weird how much we just expect people to do okay on crutches when you think about. Oh, it is not easy. It is not easy. And yet, if you remember school, remember school? If you think back on school and like the number of people who either broke something or sprained something or got surgery on something and had to be on crutches, it was totally normal to have kids on crutches in school all the fucking time. All the time. And like to just expect that that was a normal, like I was never. That's assuming a level of skill and upper body strength that you cannot just assume of any human being. For sure, for sure. I never went on crutches, but holy shit. I mean, what? how the fuck did they get out of their houses? No, I know. Well, I mean, I stayed, we live on the third floor of a walk-up, so I, like, butt-scooted myself upstairs, and then I stayed, oh. I stayed upstairs for two whole weeks, and I slid around the yes. house in, in, my, in my office chair, because... Which, sadly... Uh, sadly, admittedly, is like a drop in the bucket now. Like two weeks, man, I got right. this on lock. Yeah, for sure. But it's the difference between being like, I need to wear a mask and go outside, or like I'm worried about going to the grocery store, but I could still probably stand outside yes. and not being able to get outside. Yes. <laughs> but um, that said, uh. Uh, yeah, I asked, I asked the guy, I was like, can you give me a prescription for a knee scooter? And he was like, a prescription. And I was like, don't you get like a discount on things if you, if you get prescriptions for, it's not the whole medical industry. I'm trying to play the game. Right. And, and he was like, right. no, no, we don't do that. And I was like, why are you saying this? Like, I just asked you to sell me a burrito. Like, <laughs> <laughs> 
and then oh, and then so and then those things are really really expensive. I almost bought a second hand oh. one, but then I was like, I can just sit in this office chair, <laughs> screw around my house. <laughs> They're so expensive, and and when you look at it, it is not made of. It's made of the same shit that a fucking um, uh, like a razor scooter is made out of. Only it has a little seat for your knee. Yeah. Why is it three hundred dollars? Yep. Why is it the, uh, si- the price of a used Vespa? <laughs> mm, a Vespa would be so great. I would oh, definitely man. break my leg on that. Yes, for fucking sure. But I would like to know somebody with a Vespa. Yeah, I don't. I I can't remember if we talked about it. I think we. I think we maybe did. But um, uh, when I. <laughs> I was thinking about this recently because I got my vaccine in the Poconos. No, excuse me, not in the Poconos. Nope. Past the Poconos. (laughs) Yep. In the middle of motherfucking nowhere. But I went through the Poconos to get my vaccine and I was remembering my days in ski club at Blue Mountain. And like, oh, so nice. And also thinking to myself, how the hell did I get to the hot? Like, okay, I I know that I got to the hospital in an ambulance. Mm -hmm. When the ambulance took a child with no chaperone. They, cause I, I, I ended up accidentally going down a black diamond. Yes. Like a fucking Mr. Magoo cartoon. <laughs> I went down a black diamond and I went over a mogul because it's all snow. My 13 year old eyes could not see that that was snow that I should not. Sure. Ski on. Well, none of it was snow that I should have skied on. Right. Just to be very clear. None of it. But I went, I went, I ended up hitting this mogul. I caught air. I was like, whoa, this is not on, on purpose at all. And then I fell on my back. Uh, uh-huh. And, uh, cause I, I panicked and I also didn't know how to land after mm-hmm. a mogul. No. I still would not and would never, ever again. But um, I but I thunked on my back and the wind got knocked out of me and That's I was skiing so with my scary. friend Kim. Yeah, so scary. Ugh, so scary. I was skiing with my friend Kim and uh, she saw that I had been fucking washed out and she must have gotten the ski patrol and they took me on a fucking gurney and didn't want me to move and I think because they thought like God forbid my back was broken or I sure. broken some ribs and they took me onto an ambulance. Just a child and her child friend, there, there's no way that one of the school chaperones knew. Right. There's no way. And my parents were not involved mm-hmm. at all. So, and I did not have an insurance card. So how, I just don't know the mechanics of how this child got from a ski slope to a hospital where they then chose to do x-rays of me. Right. And make sure that I wasn't broken right which i wasn't in fact i was 13 and i remember that the x-rays had like little light spots on them and the and the nurse or doctor or technician or whatever was like those are those are gas bubbles and kim and i laughed all night about the farts that the x-ray got (laughs) like (laughs) so good i was totally fine thank god but i don't i just don't know how we got from a to b and my mom posited well you know jennifer it was a different time and that's possible but like i don't know yeah, I think about stuff like that all the time. Like right? the the things, yeah. 
<sighs> the things that, yeah. that we were just like sanctioned to do or like got caught up in or uh, that were totally mm-hmm. perfectly normal. Oh my God. I went over to a teacher's house when I was in eighth grade. Yes. And I don't know how I got there. I know my mom didn't. It was mm-hmm. must have been, I think my friend Michael's mom probably took us both. But it was our, um, he wasn't just a teacher. He was our OM coach. But I don't think that I was there with the OM team. Um, and that was the day that my friend Michael almost shot a bottle rocket up his shorts. So we were, oh, I no. guess, setting off bottle oh, rockets no. at a teacher's house. Oh, no. Oh, God. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I think about that kind of thing all the time where it's just like, what? No, that's not something we do. Mm-mm, no, not anymore. But that yeah, was, I, I just... in high school, in high school, we went to a, like a choir party at Mr. Fields' house, which I never wanted dick. to be. And yeah, didn't, I didn't want to be in his house at all. <laughs> he was very <laughs> excited about that. I hope that he's so... uncomfortable wherever he is in his death. <laughs> Wherever he wound up. I hope you're uncomfortable. Fuck. What a curse. What a curse. I wish you all Wherever the, your all spirit the hang nails. is, may you be endlessly uncomfortable. Hangnails and, and scabby dandruff. Oh. And, and hey, he was a dick. A hemorrhoid on the inside and a hemorrhoid on the outside. Ooh. Damn. Uh, my mom used to rebuild her teeth. Go on. Uh, my mom, so bad teeth run in our family. And we were doing, um, my mom, I was I was in a production of Camelot with our, um, the Williamsburg Players. And she auditioned the same day that I did because she had seen a couple of women audition for um, Morgan Le Fay. And she knew what the director was going for with the way he was trying to coach people and other people didn't understand what he was looking for. And she was like, fuck it, I'll do this. And I was like, hooray. I wasn't embarrassed. So there's some people who'd be like, mom, oh my God. No, I was very mm-hmm. excited for her to do this. Um, and she got mm-hmm. the part, but she was very self-conscious about the fact that she was missing some teeth in the front. And there was this lady in the cast who was the sculptor for some of the insides of the rides at Bush Gardens like she, there was this, there was this ride called Escape from Pompeii, which was all like uh, you were trying to run away from a, um, a volcano about to explode, but in a boat. I don't know why it was a log flume, but with fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, sure. And there were just like tons and tons of like realistic looking stones inside of I don't know a temple. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And she had done all of this sculpting and had done like work on like movie sets and stuff. She showed my mom how to take this compound that was a a dental compound that's meant for some other use and Mm -hmm. basically create a bridge that looked enough like teeth that you wouldn't like, you wouldn't take a great big giant smile and take a picture showing them off, Mm -hmm. but it looked enough like teeth and it cut down on the whistling that it made her feel a lot better about being on stage and speaking. And that was, that was, holy shit. That I think was why she felt okay about auditioning for um, Colonial Williamsburg. Oh. I really believe that. That lady was so nice. Oh. 
anyway, yeah. I mean, she um, continued to create those little bridge things for herself up until the day she died. Oh, my God. Your mom whistled. She did. She uh, was very worried about getting dental implants, and I wish that I could talk to her and just be like, hey, it's fine. But, um, wow. Yeah, anyway, ad hoc, (laughs) ad hoc um, dentistry and or healthcare was definitely our way to go. Oh, oh. um, For sure. um, So we were in Girl Scouts for a million years. Uh, Yes. My mom and I grew up on a house in three acres of land that was hoarded and full of stuff. One night I was in, it was a long ranch style house, really long. So like, um, the bedroom was far, you know how long my hallway is much further from the kitchen than at my house. Like it was far. Mm -hmm. I was in my bedroom and I heard her scream in a way that I had never heard my mother scream before. And, uh, all I hear as I'm like running towards her is her saying snake, snake, snake. I got bit by a snake in the kitchen. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Yes. Um, so there are multiple ways what, how this snake could have gotten into the house. And so she's like washing it. And she tells me, go lean over. <laughs> lean, <laughs> lean over the electric organ. <laughs> over the pile to the side there's a bookshelf there and mm-hmm. on that bookshelf is a scouting guide to first aid <laughs> she did that was it was exactly where she said it was sure it was and yes she was like in there in there somewhere is a guide that will show us if this is a venomous bite or not she was like, I don't remember which one it is. And I was able to find it. If it's a venomous bite, there's two great big puncture wounds in the bite. When you look at the bite on your hand or your arm or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because it has to make bigger holes to shoot the venom into you. If it is just a snake bite, it is usually two rows of teeth and no giant fangy puncture wounds. Got it. It's a top and bottom. Yeah. It looks like a bite. And that was, my, that was how we realized that my mother did not have a venomous snake bite. And then... Did not go get any treatment for him. <laughs> any? <laughs> no. No, none. No, my mom was dead ass afraid of doctors. Did she successfully treat it herself? Yep. Yeah, she was fine. Later on in life, she wound up with a spider bite that was really, really bad that she did get treatment for. Um, but it, yeah. It must have been Black Widow. Right? Uh, I mean, there's different kinds of, of spider. My mother-in-law can... got a black widow bite in Virginia. Mm. It w- it did not fuck around. Yeah. Black widows and brown recluses are big in Virginia. Um, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't good. And it fucked up her shin real bad. Uh... But I will say for the amount of times that we did home remedy things, more often than not, they work. There's just things like bronchitis that you can't fuck around with. Like, there's some things that you mm. need actual medication for. Yeah. Yes. For fucking sure. <laughs> but that's why I know how to do all that stuff. That's why, I like, I know very well how to, like, I could set a bone if I needed to. What? Why? Hang on. <laughs> 
My scouting experience did not include any of that. That might have been extracurricular. That might have just been mom being like, you might need to know this. Like the same way that one day she told me how to make a Molotov cocktail with a tampon. (laughs) You've been holding out on me. (laughs) None of this was proffered. You might need to know this someday. I need to know it right now. I mean, it's a bottle with something flammable inside it, and then you stick the tampon in it, and then um, the, ideally the tampon will stop up the bottle neck, right? So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you sort of give it like a swish so that the tampon expands into the bottleneck. Um, and then, you know, you can light the fucking string like a wick and then throw it, and then it explodes. Important information. There you go. The more you know. Oh, my God. I want to know the conversations that led you to these things. Uh, More often than not, they were complete non sequiturs. (laughs) Yes. Just something Marsha had been chewing on. That's the answer I wanted. Oh, God. Oh, no. I am really weird... Really weird. I mean, so, so many of mine. First of all, having a bone set is, I don't know about the worst, but <laughs> one of the worst <laughs> ever. Um, I am, I'm, I'm both, I'm, but I don't know if I feel more um, relieved or upset that the doctor did not tell me what was, <gasps> what, what that entailed when I was nine. Mm-hmm. And I broke my left arm. No. And, I mean, I think that he said, I'm just going to set it. But a child doesn't know what that means at all. That's not fair. That was the worst. Also, the grossest thing (gasps) is then taking your cast off after you've been in motherfucking Florida. Ew. In Orlando. Sweating. Yeah, I've heard that the whole cast and cast removal situation is totally gross. Oh, it's so gross. So gross. Yep, yep. Absolutely disgusting. Uh, I mean, of course, it's so long ago that I can't really remember. But, you know, you've got, like, the cotton that sticks up out of it. Uh And even, like, the cotton starts to get sort of gray because your skin is just sloughing off. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, so gross. So nasty. Um, No, thank you. Yeah. So disgusting. And it stinks. Uh, And it itches. Oh, it stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really gross. Um, Uh. Do, that had being in Orlando with a cast on was one of the cruelest little jokes that I have ever had to live through. That sounds honestly. Terrible. Yeah, it was awful. Um, what else? I uh, almost medical in nature. I had a frenemy who um, squeezed apple juice in my hair at school when we were in like fourth grade, and. I didn't have the sense to know that you could just, like, wash it and get it out because it's sugar. Okay. Um, so I went into the bathroom and I started brushing my hair. Okay. And just brushing and oh, no. brushing and brushing and just, like, fucking clumps. Oh. And I was in so much pain and my hair was still knotty and sticky. And um, I honestly should just put it in the sink but did not oh, even think of that. Cause no, just, you wouldn't think about that. Because you're a kid and you're sad. So sad. 
and now attracting bees. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I, I, yeah. Then I will tell you one more story. And um, yep. apologies, fuck buddies. I've got a lot of noise going on outside. So just hang with me. Um, <laughs> speaking of bees and speaking of unfortunate medical situations, I, when I was little, maybe seven, um, my birthday is in the summer. So party was outside and there were open cans of like Coke and Sprite and oh, no. root beer that were out. And I was working on a can of Sprite and I came back to it after being in the pool or running around or something. And when I put it up to my mouth, I presume an unbee, because oh. fuck unbees. Uh, an unbee stung my tongue on my motherfucking birthday. No. And it was the goddamn worst. Oh, It was no. the worst. It was terrible. It was probably and a yellow jacket. Those it was probably a yellow jacket Fuck those things. Oh, my God. I I have a vendetta against yellow jackets. They're so mean. Oh, they're so mean. Um, and my mom ended up finding these little plastic things that would click onto your can. Yes. And they, ha- they were a flip gate. Mm-hmm. And you could open or close the gate, but either way, it always had bars. So you could close it entirely or open uh-huh. it so it was just bars. And I presume, like, ants could get in. But not fucking yellow jackets because fuck those motherfuckers. <laughs> That's amazing. What did you do? Did you have to go to the hospital? Like what? Happened? No, no. Oh. No, I didn't have an allergy or anything. Uh, I just. It just hurt? I was just in agony. Oh. And uh, my tongue swelled up and oh. I had to hold ice on it for however long until the swelling went down. Oh. It was trash. Oh. <laughs> it was so terrible. shitty. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, my God. Fuck them. <laughs> the closest so thing that I ever had to that, that was when I had a tick in my belly button. Oh, no. But that's not I, the same I, at all. That was like a moment of horror. And then somebody yeah. took it out and it was gone and then I cried. But, like, it didn't hurt afterwards. It was just gross. Very weirdly. And I don't think it was last summer. It might have been the summer before. But I woke up, like, just very slowly and lazily woke up one morning, um, and Bear was in bed with me, and Bear was shaking. And, I, and, I, and I'm just like, oh, yawn, oh, it's whatever, 11 a.m. or whatever. And I see Bear nosing, like, trying to cover something. Oh, God. Nosing. And he's shaking. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong? And I try to see what he's nosing and I'm thinking like oh maybe he like puked in bed and now he's ashamed and scared and I lift up the blanket and there's a fucking wasp (gasps) in my bed oh no and I was like oh 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 and I put the blanket back down and I'm like what the fuck am I gonna do what am I gonna do with this and I opened up a jar of lotion that had gone bad and I just was like Thump, and I put a piece of paper under it, and I trapped it in the lotion, and I left it there until it died. <laughs> That's amazing. Hard pass. I was like, I will save you, sweet dog baby, from the wasp that somehow got into bed. What Yikes. the fuck? 
That's awful. I mean, I could have stung him, which is the only reason I would imagine that he'd be afraid of it, although I didn't find, like, he wasn't swollen anywhere. Yeah. Um, but Maybe he just has shit. good instincts. <laughs> I, he, he definitely does. He has had a bad run-in with some yellow jackets I know, before. I so. know. Oh, I did tell yeah. you that. That's the worst. That's the worst. I'm not, I, I've thought about telling that story for y'all, but I don't know, it's pretty horrible, and you're going to be so sad. No. I mean, the good news is the bear's fine, but shit, it was <sighs> not great. It was, it was definitively horrible. Buddy. Yeah, it was the worst. Well, that was, that was yeah. a fun romp through medical, <laughs> medical nonsense. Oh my god, such nonsense. Yeah. Anything else remarkable? Oh, I uh, I I went my whole life never having had blood taken. Whoa, really? <laughs> Until I was uh twenty seven. Wow. Ever? Huh. Um, I just didn't have doctors who did that for any reason ever. Mm. So I had only ever had shots, injections into my oh, body, my God, yeah. not stuff extricated from my body. Okay. And I uh uh. Andrew and I were getting ready to go on our honeymoon, and we wanted oh we wanted the um the scoplamine patch, oh. and it's prescription only, so you have to go to a doctor. Okay. So I went to see his doctor because I didn't have a primary care physician at that point, and he was and we did like a whole physical and whatever, and he's like, all right, well now I'm gonna take your blood, and I was like, what the <laughs> sorry, you're gonna do what now? And he was like, I need to take blood, and I'm like, why? And he's like, I don't know. I just do it. I'm like, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He was like, "Mm, you need to give me your blood so I can test you at like a CBC panel or else I'm not going to give you your scopolamine. And I was like, fuck you. Here's my arm. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the answer. The answer is I need to do these tests so that I can give you this. Not like, oh, because we always do it. No. Yes. And and. And Andrew was like, why are you so freaked out? I'm like, why does he want my blood? And he's like, this is just what people do. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is not what you do unless you need to test someone for some specific thing. You don't just fucking take it willy-nilly. Right. But, um, yeah, I had never, ever, ever had blood taken. And he's like, what kind of backwoods doctors do you go to? I'm like, doctors who don't rob me of my life force. Thank you. (laughs) That's so funny. I've never, not only have I never been worried about needles, but like I was donating blood in college. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm signed up to do it at the end of May. Um, I'm a universal donor and I don't, I don't know what, oh, I probably wanted to do it because my mom was against it. <laughs> she, oh. Yeah. That's probably what I, why I wanted to do it. Um, that makes a lot of sense. I'm due for another tattoo, speaking of things my mom would have hated. Yes? Yeah. What do you think you want to get? I don't exactly know, but I want it to be big and I want it to be on my thigh. Um, and I have a number of friends who do wonderful tattoos. So once uh, once things are are feeling okay for both them and me to be in the same room and so close together for such a long period of time, I'm, yes. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I have all this canvas. All this canvas. I have to tell you... I wish I were down for tattoos. I wish I would be, I would be covered. Covered. (laughs) 
I like uh, to the point where like there's literally envy, but I these are people who feel compelled to like I need this expressed on my body and I'm like I don't know I would feel differently by Wednesday so <laughs> I probably shouldn't put something there permanently well because I'm gonna get tired of it well so that's the thing I and that and this is probably a, a, a good wrap up um yes I uh that's what has kept me from getting another one because I just have a little one on my hip little fairy and I was always like oh I should have a really good reason to get a tattoo or like I should really know it should be something very meaningful. And since then I have seen plenty of people that just have art on their bodies. Um, and I have in general, the question has been coming up recently. Like, do you regret more of the things that you have done or things, not the things, do you have more regrets about things you've done or things you haven't done? And for me, my whole life has always been things I haven't done. I don't mm, have, reg- for sure. I don't have regrets about not having tattoos. That's not what I mean. But I, I, I think that I am not giving myself full credit about that. I'm not trying to talk you into a tattoo at all. But Oh no, I've decided that I will get one at one point and I know what it's gonna be. Oh yeah. But it isn't gonna it's not gonna be giant swaths of like big artwork right. the way that we see on people with like sleeves. I could go I could go for a big piece of art on my thigh. Not pizza art. I just I I, <laughs> I don't think it has to mean something to me. I just think I have to like it forever. Sure. And, but you don't. You can get I don't it know covered if there's up. anything I'll like forever. You have to get, yeah, you can get it covered up. You can always get something else on top of it if you don't like it. That feels like a lot of pain. <laughs> it's not pain so much as discomfort. I, w- I wish Mr. Fields a lifetime of tattoos. <laughs> Just constantly getting tattoos in his, in his afterlife. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that was lovely. Well, I, I'm happy with all of this. Yeah, it's a weird one, but whatever. <laughs> we have such a track record for doing such normal shit. Oh my god, for fucking real. Thanks for listening, anyway, fuck buddies. Thanks for listening, fuck buddies. Recommendations included, uh, definitely, do do check out New Jersey as the world, especially fellow New Jerseyans. It is a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um... Oh, yes. I have a content warning on a, on a possibly I might have recommended that show Outlander that I was telling you about. The show, oh, we talked the, about the show Outlander that we call Bodice Ripper. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. So out of the many people who I've talked to about this show, literally not one of them uh, gave me a content warning for the very brutal um, assault of a sexual nature. No. Very graphic and very brutal. And I'm wondering oh if the reason why people didn't think to mention it is because it happens to a guy. I have heard the same thing for uh, Bridgerton. Oh, nothing in that holds a candle to what this was. Like there oh, are things shit. in Bridgerton that are not that that should are content warning you for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, this was. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if you're watching Outlander towards the end of the first season, um, be prepared. And then there's like, then they skip over something and then there's a whole recap. And wow, it's really, really awful. And I'm still watching the show. Ugh. And I understand why they did it, but it did seem a little bit like torture porn to me. Ew, no. Well, you know what? I'm so glad you mentioned it because... Here's what I want to recommend. 
uh, given that exact information, you sent me uh, an RSVP for Victor Devon's screening series, Thanks. and he includes a website for trigger warnings yes. for, I presume, movies and maybe shows, maybe books. I don't know. It's a website called DoesTheDogDie.com. Yes, this is brilliant. So if you are looking to make sure that you're going to consume something that's not going to make your life painful, um, there is a whole list of uh, of prompts here. And some of, the, some of them are innocuous, some of them are funny, and some of them are very plainly about, like, PTSD. So... Um, you can track it by category. You can look up uh, movies, TV shows, books. Um, it looks like a really, really great it's resource. It's great. They talk about if there's barfing. Ah, yeah, perfect. There you go. But one of them is like, is there are there animals in this movie? Does the animal die? Does the dog die? Does the horse die? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So doesthedogdie.com um, is a great way for you to sort of pre-screen whatever you might want to watch. But if you have things that you actively, adamantly avoid, great way to figure out if what you're watching um, fits those parameters yep, for you. that's real smart. Yay. Well, another one down. <laughs> one step closer to 200. <laughs> Cranking out those hits. Let's get Casey Kasem as a guest. Oh, fuck. Can you imagine? Isn't he dead? Ah, hell. Probably. (laughs) Pretty sure he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. That was great.